Evening. Coming up in the next hour, we're going to be speaking to Fran O'Sullivan about that immigration announcement yesterday. Groundswell is convinced the government's looking at pulling the pin on here. Waka Ikenoi, they'll talk us through that. And also Gavin Gray is our UK correspondent. It is seven past six. With me right now is the Deputy Prime Minister, also the Finance Minister, Grant Robertson. Evening, Minister. Evening, Heather. Do you think Kiwi Bank is working? I think it's doing a year. I think it's doing a good job. It's had a very good uh, last year. Um, it continues to play a role of being a, a medium-sized bank in our system. It, it continues to put a bit of pressure on the big Aussie banks. Uh, does it and though? It continues to. Yeah, it does. And I think if you look across the full twenty-year span, it has played that role. Do, could it do more? Could it be, you know, an even bigger player? Could it be disrupting? Could it be, you know, getting alongside more SMEs? I think that's probably true. And I think the bank's been developing those sorts of markets, and I think it's got a good opportunity to keep playing that role. Do you want it to be a medium-sized bank or a big bank? I want it to challenge the big banks. I think we've got to be realistic about the big Aussie banks. They they have enormous capital behind them from offshore. Uh, but it is, you know, it stands out um, among other banks when you sort of get below the big four. Kiwi Bank is there um, playing, I think, a really important role. But, but more than that, Heather, a lot of New Zealanders want to bank. Uh, with a New Zealand-owned bank. They want to know that the profits of the bank are going to stay inside New Zealand. Just over a million customers uh, do that with Kiwi Bank, and, and I think it's a, it's a fantastic initiative um, 20 years ago that's still got an important role to play. Why not? Um, I mean, look, here's the thing. If we, want, if we want to keep the profits here, then it really needs to compete properly with the big four, right? And, and as you point out, the difference between Kiwi Bank and the big four is that it's got ma- those other four have got massive foreign investment. So why not let some foreign investment into Kiwi Bank? You can still own the majority of it. Firstly, um, you know, the commitment we made to New Zealanders was that it would be 100% New Zealand owned. It's actually the same commitment that the national government made in 2016 when the structure that we've just changed today was set up. And, you know, I think we've got to stick to our word on these things. Um, We also believe that actually we can make a difference to Kiwi Bank with the structure that we've both had and are having. So, you know, those shareholders have done a lot over the last five or so years to to keep Kiwi Bank um, investment going into Kiwi Bank. And as I said today, you know, we're prepared to, to look at what Kiwi Bank needs in terms of its capital. The Chief Executive, Steve Djurkovic, was at pains today to say their first best option is always to fund um, internally the capital needs that they have, but um, we are there as a shareholder who've said very openly we're prepared to you know, look at proposals they put forward for, for further capital. Why don't you call an investigation to the allegations levelled by Gaurav Sharma? Well, it's not me, obviously. It's 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 up to the Prime Minister yeah. and her role as the leader of the Labour Party. And she's been really clear that there is a threshold for whether or not things need to be investigated. Uh, there was a process underway which about what was ultimately an employment-related matter. Um, even when Dr Sharma spoke out, um, he was offered the opportunity to have facilitated mediation. But that's behind um, closed doors. I mean, I can understand why. Why would you, would nobody would? It's behind. I mean, his his whole allegation, his whole argument is he was bullied behind closed doors, and then you offer him labour, offer him a situation again behind closed doors. Why would he take that? Well, what he was offered was independent mediation. 
That's a yeah. process in which he would be part of choosing who would be doing that. He would be um, part of a process that, you know, he could then have outside eyes on what he was doing. He's turned that down. And Heather, I, to be frank, you've seen Dr Sharma's behaviour over the course of the last week. He's not really talking about any of those issues anymore. Um, he's, you know, obviously playing a, a form of a political game here. He's been given a fair chance. The caucus will now assess tomorrow what they want to do. You know, you, you guys, I've heard you now and the Prime Minister say the threshold isn't high enough. Is bullying not important enough to investigate? There is absolutely no evidence of bullying here. There's no evidence to the contrary. <laughs> well, that becomes a fairly difficult argument, doesn't it? Because No, but it's the you know, truth, have, isn't it? I mean, we something that sits behind this. I think the facts of the situation in many ways are, are agreed, and Dr Sharma agreed on them at the, at the outset of when he made his comments, which is that, he, you know, there were employment-related matters. He did not appreciate the processes that were being run. He did not appreciate being asked to undertake um, mentoring and undertake other um, um, professional development. And that's ultimately where this came from. Um, our view is that he's been offered opportunities to be able to deal with these issues. He hasn't taken them up, and we are where we are now. Do you not think that it looks terrible that here we have these allegations of, you know, the Labour Party teaching backbenchers how to hide information, the Prime Minister's office using dual roles within the office to hide information, Karen McAnulty being accused of being a bully, Duncan Webb being accused of being a bully, one of your whips being at this uh, workshop where information was, where they were taught how to hide information, also Aisha Verrill, and yet you guys just shut it down. You don't look into this at all. You don't even prove well, that it hasn't happened. Well, I think as the Prime Minister indicated at uh, the press conference today, there'll be a response to the request that the Ombudsman um, made um, around information about what that event was. That event, as I'm done, I wasn't obviously there, but what I've been yeah. told is it's been heavily mischaracterised by Dr. Sharma, we do offer professional development to our to our MPs. Actually, something that we didn't get when we came in in, in 2008. And you know, a session around roles and responsibilities, and how you deal with ministers' offices, and how you deal with the Labour leaders' offices, a sensible thing to do. My understanding is Dr. Sharma has heavily mischaracterised it. Yeah, but again, you provide no evidence to. We just basically have to take your word. But again, I'm not quite sure where it goes here. Because I'm saying to you, I'm saying to you, Grant, why not? The letter is going back to the ombudsman saying that these allegations are rejected, saying what's happened in the meeting. That doesn't require an investigation. Okay, that's fine. I mean, I I, I think that you guys could have shut this down days ago if you'd had an investigation. But here we are on day 12 and you're going to have day 13 tomorrow. This migration announcement from Michael Wood, this is false hope, isn't it? (laughs) In what way? Well, let me rephrase that. How many migrants have arrived in the country since this since since we opened the uh, skilled worker visa, the new one? Oh, look, six I, weeks I ago. Got that information. Is with it me more right than the one either. who was here two weeks ago? <laughs> It'd be significantly more than that. I Will do it, know that thousands. This will be finished. I do know that thousands of the accredited employer work visas have been granted. I do know that we're now working through the job um, process, the job check process, yeah. and that those people will be coming into the country soon. What this announcement is about is what was actually signalled and flagged when the original immigration reset was announced, which is that some sectors 
will take a bit of time to get to where we want uh, uh, the pay rates to be for people who are coming in as migrants. So the immigration rebalance is about saying, yep, let's get the right person for the right job at the right time, but let's make sure they're also being paid well and properly. Some sectors we know will take time to transition. We announced that in July. We've now got those sector deals for aged care, construction, meat processing, seafood, the seasonal snow and adventure tourism work. Those sectors have been crying out to be able to get people in. We're saying, sure, you've got two years to get yourself up to those median wage levels, but we're going to offer a bit of flexibility because you really need it. I think it's a good thing. Well, this is why I'm asking you if it's false hope, because here we were six weeks ago announcing that we're going to get all these people in, and then we found out four weeks later one person had come in. So now you've got another announcement on Sunday that doesn't actually fundamentally change the logjam at the official uh, yeah, level. I am going to push back on that. I think you're talking there about some of the specific health sector-related things. I'd want to go back no, no, and I'm not. check no, on I'm, what I'm, those numbers I'm talking, are. But more broadly, we have only just begun the rebalance. I think it will be a fruit, but this is a, this is actually completely different. This is actually about the sectors who need help to transition to the period where they'll be But it doesn't change anything, Minister. It doesn't change anything. The problem is you've got gatekeepers at the official level who are not actually letting people into the country. So whatever you announce doesn't actually fundamentally change the fact that they can't do the work. Oh, I, don't, I just don't accept that, Heather. Okay. I, think that, right. I think that actually the immigration resets new. It is. It, we, we have processed the accredited employer um, work um, visa scheme, yeah. you know, the employers who fit in there, and we will be seeing people come in. But I think you'll find the sectors involved in this actually welcome it. All right. Hey, thank you for that, and good luck with the protest tomorrow. That's Grant Robertson, the Finance Minister, Deputy Prime Minister. I don't accept that. It's just another, it's another version of I reject that or I refute the premise of that question, isn't it?